0: Up until then, I'd never won anything in my life. I'd always, always lost. I'd always lost something and then quit. In the bath, you're going to have an ice bath. And then you're going to get up the next day and you're going to do it all over again. And you're going to do it for a year and you're going to go play Division One football. Yes, sir. <laughs> you know? So like, I was like, wait a second. Like, here's me thinking I'm about to quit. And this guy's already got a full plan ready for me. Exactly right. How am I going to make a movie if there's never, if, if, if there's no bloody cool plot line? No one's going to want to watch it. So then he went and he won. And then, he won again, and then he won again, and then he got the girl, and he drove off in the nice car, and he bought the <laughs> awesome house, and he had the great family, and da 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 Psych. You're such an actor. <laughs> I hope so. Shit, I've been doing it for five years now.
1: <laughs> Welcome to the Post School Podcast with me, Nathan Moss, an extension to the Uncle Nathan blog that sees me chatting with some pretty amazing people about their journey. With the hope that you guys can take something away from it to apply in your own lives join me as a chat to leading academics roaring social media influencers big business execs local business inspirations students just like you and i and so many more incredible people bailey thanks for joining me on the post school podcast thanks for having me yeah i'm super keen so let's start at the beginning we'll start at school in victoria how was that for you
0: yeah so I grew up in Hoppers Crossing, which is like out west in the, the suburbs of, of Melbourne, and I went to you know kind of grow up through a public school system there, uh, not in the best area, but not in a terrible terrible area. Um, I went to I initially went to uh, Thomas Carr College at a at a primary school, and it really just wasn't a fit for me. Like it was a it was a Catholic school, private Catholic school, and I'd actually never stepped in into a church until going to school there. So I'm like, I forget like 13, 14, you know, however old you are, you know, a year seven. And it was such a, uh, a different experience for me that I, I didn't necessarily fit in very well because I was asking a lot of questions. And as well as the fact that I was already a bit of a jokester, a bit of a class clown, <laughs> you ask too many questions in religion class. They start thinking that I'm just kind of taking the piss and, and I honestly wasn't, but Soon as I started getting sort of some some chirp back from the teachers, you know, that was kind of embarrassing me or putting me in those sorts of situations, I was chirping up, you know. So it wasn't it wasn't necessarily a good fit for me. So I ended up uh, going to public school. I had the choice to go to two public schools in the area. One was right next to my house, and the other one was like a thirty minute walk. I ended up choosing to go to the school that was a little bit further away because they had a program where they would uh, they would send uh, a certain amount of students each year to California for like a few week program. Um, I think it was just like just under a month or just over a month. So like four or five weeks. And, um, you know, you'd go over there and you would do a little presentation and you'd get to go through uh, and live sort of this California dream as such. They kind of, they market it towards the, towards the students. I had a friend that had gone on that program as well. So I was like, yeah, I should have a little bit of an in on like how to get into the program or something like that. Cause everyone's going to try and do it at the school. Why wouldn't you? It's a free trip to the States. So I ended up going there and when I was there I pretty much put my hand up for anything that I could because I knew I had to build a resume and I was already a year behind because I came in year eight came in term two year eight and you know there so there's already kids that are already on like the 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 school council and all this sort of stuff like as year sevens and stuff and, and I wasn't necessarily with the the group of kids that was the uh like hanging out with the group of kids that were the best uh influences on the school so I had to kind of Pick me battles there, and uh, and and really uh, politically find myself in a position where I could uh, I could Jerry my way into, you know, getting picked for some of these programs, which I ended up I ended up doing and going over to the states, uh, fortunately, and that was kind of my first taste of, of going over to America and, and traveling uh, internationally and traveling kind of by myself as well. I was with a group from the school, but I wasn't with any family. I kind of knew, like from then on, was I was. Like, It'd be so cool to come over here, play high school football, or or do something along those lines. And then I ended up obviously coming back to Australia and then getting all the way up to uh, year 12 or year 11. And I started playing, I had a friend come up to me one day and he's like, do you want to come down and play gridiron? And I was, all I was doing was playing computer games all the time. So I wasn't too worried about doing any sport. The most exercise I got was riding my, my push bike to school and riding at home, you know? I'd be straight on the game, straight after it. So that was kind of that was kind of my thing there. Uh, and I ended up going down and I actually uh, initially hated it. absolutely hated it. Gridiron American football, what I'm playing right now. I, I didn't enjoy the sport at all. Um, but then looking back on it, I didn't enjoy it because I was wearing the coach's football boots, which were a size 10 and I'm a, t- and I'm a 12. And I was wearing these shoulder pads that didn't strap on right. And I had a helmet that was too big for me. So I was just rattling around. So I ended up you know, going back the week later and now I got some footy boots that fit me and I got a pair of shoulder pads that fit me and a helmet that fits me. I'm like, this ain't too bad. And then we go to our first game and then we win and up and towards up until then, I'd never won anything in my life. I'd always, always lost. I'd always lost something and then quit. And cause I never just was able, able to build a passion cause I just didn't know what it was like. I never had any learning of like, obviously I had the learning of how to lose but not how to lose like properly, <laughs> if that makes any sense. Yeah. So I ended up um, going through and playing that. I ended up playing for the seniors, uh, which at the time was a big deal because I was 17. You're supposed to be 18 when you play. Um, and I got to play and I started for them. And then I got an opportunity to go play for Australia in the down under bowl. So I went and did that. And then from there, I got an opportunity to go back to America, but to go to high school. So that was you know, a very like eye-opening, like, oh my gosh, here's my, here's my chance. You know, like, this is what I wanted to do since I was in California three years ago. So ended up going over playing high school football for a year. I dropped out of school in Australia to do so. And at the time my teachers were like, what are you doing? Like, you know, you're, you're about to graduate. And it was going to be a big deal for me to graduate as well. Cause I'm going to be the first person in my family to graduate high school. Uh, and the teachers knew that as well, because that was kind of one of my talking points all the time when I was like explaining why I wanted to be in these programs, et cetera. So it's, they almost probably thought like I was shortchanging them because I've just told them, like, I really want to graduate here at Hoppers and, and do this. And then I come in like halfway through my uh, year 12 and I'm like, yeah, I'm the paperwork out, champ. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to leave. Um, and I remember my uh, assistant principal at the time, Keith Hodge, who is now the principal of the school. He's been there a while. He he, he stood up when I asked him to to drop out. He stood up. He went close the door and he goes, "Are you sure you want to do this? Like like is this? Because he had no idea. Like this is like such a foreign thing. Like I'm gonna go to America to for high school and go play football. Like all right. he's dreaming. The kid's dreaming. Like what are you gonna be? You know, you're gonna play an NFL, are? You? Yeah, all right, mate. <laughs> you don't even play footy here. You know you don't even play club sport here. How are you supposed to go over there and do you know and be a professional athlete? fortunately you only need one person to believe in you and i believed in myself so i ended up going over playing for a year did all right i didn't actually even punt at the time and i had to put on a bunch of weights so i got up to about 260 pounds which i want to say is like 125 kegs so i was big boy and i was uh i'll have to send you a photo i got a photo of me back back in those days it's was, it was pretty brutal I'd love to and see that Oh, it's a, it's a good laugh. I've used it on TikTok a couple of times to be like, yeah, look where I came from, look where I'm at. <laughs> and then, so I went over there. And then after that, I had an opportunity to go out to California, uh, back again to the same place uh, to play football after high school. And I went there for a little bit. And then uh, the world kind of crashed on me a little bit because I realized that I wasn't financially going to be able to stay uh, for the amount of time that I needed to in California so that I could move up to the next division. And I had to go back home. And at that time, it was like, man, my dreams had just been crushed on me again. Like Mm -hmm. everything had failed, 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 failed. And I'd quit, failed and I'd quit, failed and I'd quit. But this time I actually really loved this and I'd failed. I felt like I'd failed and I came to the point where I was like, I'm about to quit. And then I remember, I don't know what exactly it was, but I was just like, I just, this has just become a part of me like this. I don't want to quit this. Like there's, there's got to be a way, like there's got to be a way for me to get back over there. And most people around me at the time, they were like, well, we, we can't help you. Oh, we don't know what to do. So I put myself in the circles of people that could help me and, you know, could guide me on what to do and was able to figure it out. And then uh, after staying in Australia for a year and a half and training with Kick Australia, Nathan Chapman and John, John A. Smith and, uh, you know, working with uh, some of my closest mates to this day, uh, you know, going to the gym and getting treatments from these guys and, and getting mentored by a lot of these guys. Um, I was able to, you know, pick up a scholarship to come to Toledo and this is my fifth year here, senior year coming up. You know, I had my trials since I've been here as well, but you know, that kind of, that's, that's the, that's the history of, of, of Bailey to where he is today.
1: <laughs> that's a sick story, dude. I love how condensed it is as well. Cause we're going to pick apart lots of pieces of that story Oh seriously.
0: Um, hey, I tell you what, I could probably spend an hour and a half telling it.
1: <laughs> yeah, I reckon you could, eh? <laughs> no one no one knows that we've already recorded this for an hour and a half. So for everyone listening, this is our second go of this. Um what I was gonna say is And now you've got the draft coming up in May. So that's like the pinnacle for you, right? You've spent all this time working towards this goal. And now the draft is your chance to finally hit that NFL level and start making it a real career for yourself.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, so the draft is kind of like your first, your first, first choice in a sense of like, everybody wants to play in the NFL because that's where the money's at. Um, and then, you know, there are obviously different things. So it's like, if I don't go to the NFL, it's not just over for me. There is opportunities to play in the Canadian football league. And currently they're starting up new leagues in the XFL, which is in America as well. The rock actually owns that league.
1: What is the XFL?
0: It's, it's literally American football, but there's just a couple of rule changes and they're supposed to make it a lot more exciting, but that means there's going to be so however many more teams, you know, and ability Mm -hmm. and, uh, and positions to go play and positions to go fill.
1: Yeah, true. That makes it a little bit easier to get there. So, I think there's a lot of merit in what you did when you first moved to the new school because you knew you were behind all the other kids and then you knew you had to work harder to get onto this program which they were yeah. I guess more qualified for. How did you go about actually building that resume in a way that you knew would stand out over the other kids?
0: Yeah. So, uh I picked up on this when I was really young and I was able to figure this out fortunately, but I realized that whilst these kids were so worried about what they could do, I was more worried about what other people could do for me. Hmm. And I figured out that my best step forward was working out what relationships that I could build, what, what deep interpersonal relationships I could build just by talking to people and you know showing them how bad i actually want to do something and getting them to invest uh in me to then have that turn around and help me out because i was like okay let's figure it out from the top i was like who decides who goes on these programs it's like the principal okay well i'm not just gonna walk up to the principal and just talk to him every day like this is like this is this is head honcho here and i was like but who does the principal talk to all the time he talks to the assistant principal i was all right cool who's the assistant principal talk to a lot of the time? Well, he talks to like your year-level coordinators. And I was like, well, now we're talking. Now I can get into the year-level coordinators. I can talk to them whenever I want. I mean, actually, I'm in class with one of them. You know, one of the year-level coordinators in the year-level above me is my English teacher. And I was like, well, I can't even apply for this first program until next year anyway. She's probably going to be the year-level coordinator next year. I was like, they seem to stay the whole time. So after I picked out and worked out, I was like, do you guys stay the same coordinators each year? She's like, yeah, usually for two or three years. And then they change out. I was like, how long have you been, a, you know, the coordinator for, for, um, for year nine? She's like, oh, this is my first year.
1: She's going to be there next year. Happy days. You know what I mean? Like, so,
0: so figuring that out. And then uh, basically, like I said, building these deep interpersonal relationships. Now, at the time, I was not thinking like this in the sense of I wasn't saying the words building deep interpersonal relationships. I was just like, hey, if I talk to this person, this person will talk nicely about me to that person which is then going to in turn help me get picked through this program. And as well, I was like, if someone's ever going to help you take the help, sometimes Mm. people's pride and their ego gets in front of them and they're like, Oh nah, Oh no, I I don't, I don't need help here. Or you want to help me out. I'll let you help me. You know what I'm saying?
1: Dude. Look at look at all the most successful people in the world. No one has got to where they are without accepting help from others. And yeah, most of most of the most successful CEOs also have a team that are much smarter than them. They just know how to manage that team well. Exactly right. Delegation.
0: You know, mm. best leaders are, are able to delegate, but then also do the work.
1: You know, exactly. like did you did you take that mentality into when you moved over to the US in a like I guess obviously a more mature way, but did you take a similar mentality to build up? that pathway 100 percent.
0: because i realized now i was like before i was in a new environment and i was like this is how i was able to get myself comfortable really fast i was like now i'm going to be uncomfortable for a very long time and i'm going to have you know i'm, I'm going to be over here with uh the only people that i knew like my be, one of my best mates caleb morgan i went over to the u.s with him um and you know i knew like it was just us two together the whole time it was like us taking on the world and then we kind of we, we we built relationships with other guys whilst we were over there and other people whilst were over there but i was like i knew it was just us two. i was like so how do we expand this family how do we expand this uh these people around us so that we can we can get away with some shifty shit or we can you know just <laughs> live our lives and have have a good time and all that sort of stuff and there was some times you know when we we're over there and i had to lean on some of the the teachers around me um you know and and um, I was able to, like I said, taking that approach when I first went over to the States uh, and in the whole idea of building deep interpersonal relationships with people uh, so that they'll help you out, got me out of some shit and got me into some cool shit too. You know, like got me into a position where I was able to graduate high school. 4.0 my senior year. Wow. You know, like anytime I needed help on any of my work, no teacher has ever, no teacher has ever been a pain in the ass to me uh, in in like not wanting to help me because i always mm-hmm. do my best like and just try even if i'm not a not a great student now mind mind you when i was in high school not all the time that was the case when i was younger you know i was a bit of a dipshit but like mm-hmm. so is everyone at at some point um but especially when i was over in the states like i, I, I realized like yeah nah and there was also a couple other i went to an international a private international christian boarding school so you know english wasn't the first language for a lot of people so that also meant that like in english class for instance we were doing some easy stuff sometimes and some of the kids were struggling and i was like well man i know he's real good at math but he don't speak english for shit i was like hey (laughs) let me write that paper let me help you out
1: i I don't know how to to do this dog (laughs) (laughs) that's funny some help big dog I think also in situations like that you get bored, and when kids get bored, they decide to muck up because it's interesting.
0: Yeah, and you know what? That's actually so true. I never really thought about it like that. That's that's so true. When you get bored, like think about it: why are you why are you piss fighting around in the back of the class because you have because because you, you're engaged? No, yeah, no you know sir. I mean? You're not you're not enjoying you're not enjoying what's going on. You know you're not you, you got no way to connect with what the teacher's saying or, or anything like that. So it's like you're not gonna you're not gonna really really care too much i found that Mm. like when i went to because i went to vic uni for a year and when i was there that was the first time that like school was kind of hard for me that's actually been the only time school's been hard for me um you know going from the american system to the australian system man it's different (laughs) how (laughs) how do they compare actually that's that'll be school school in australia is hard comparatively like like these people that are getting in the 90s on an atar score or something like that you are a gun of a student over here. <laughs> like you are next level sort of thing. Like you're next level in Australia, but I'm saying probably people in the eighties or whatever it is, you know, I'm not too like too familiar with the scoring system. Like how many people, because I know it's a bell curve, et cetera, but it's like, yeah, yeah. Like I'm talking like I was a CD student, C's and D's. I ain't never seen a B. If I seen a B, I was so happy. The only time I ever got an A was on a PE class or a, like a woodwork trade class. Like I remember like mm. metal work, i would get an A. Woodwork, i would get an A. And then like math, D, uh, social studies, like C or something like that. Cause I just did a work, I didn't care. And then I, I
1: graduate high school, I got 4.0 my senior year. I was like, well, I didn't miss a mark. Like how, how does that work? Do you, do you think that's a difference in education or do you think you just wanted it more when you're in the US? I'm telling you a difference in education cause I, I like,
0: although I wanted it, the system is set up here so that if you just do the work, you can win and extra credit, mate. teacher's favorite word.
1: Yeah, they go through the syllabus, they go through the
0: syllabus day one in English and they're going, Oh yeah, this is what we're going to do. Like, you know, we're doing a paper da, 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 da. and I'm like, all right, sweet. Like that works out to be so over many points. And I'm like, yeah. And there'll be an extra credit assignment at the end. I literally didn't even sit one of my exams. Uh, two semesters ago, even in university here, I didn't even sit one of my exams. Because I had such high marks on all my other stuff, he's like, "Well, you can sit it if you want." He's like, "But you already have an A in the class," and I was like, I'm, "Why would I waste some time?
1: Like, what am I doing?" What? Wait, you understand? Know so, like, <laughs> so it's not compulsory to do assessments because there's other ways to get the required credit points.
0: Yes, I had got so much extra credit throughout the semester that I did not have to sit the final exam
1: wow that is bizarre i've had i've had one subject like that at uni which was just one assessment that you get an extra 10 marks for but in the scheme of things you still have to sit all the other exams it just took the weight off your shoulders that's that's ridiculous i don't understand that at all it's crazy obviously like
0: some teachers are a little bit different on it like i've been in classes before when they're just like there is no extra credit in this class and they're like taking a hard stand on it and then i'm like looking through the syllabus and i'm like well yeah like
1: there's no extra (laughs) credit because like the stuff we're doing is like piece of piss like <laughs> yeah fair enough um all right there's another part of your story that i want to jump into as well yeah you didn't really mention the fact but i'm gonna mention it for you that you like you kind of did but you didn't play any sports pretty much as a kid you didn't have anything to do with sport as a kid and now you're in the u.s chasing your dream of becoming an nfl player talk yeah. to me how did how did you find that passion yeah so like i Cause obviously the system in
0: Australia is club sports where in America, it is like every kid plays a sport. Cause it's like, you have to.
1: Mm.
0: So I, I tried some sports like anyone did. I was kicked yeah, when I was younger. I remember in like, I think I played under 12s for one year then quit like, and then I tried basketball when I was younger too. quit that after a little bit. Brazilian, I did Brazilian Jiu Jitsu because my brother was doing it, quit that, like <laughs> everything. I was just trying, starting, quitting, starting, quitting, starting, quitting. I was picking up so many, different, I was picking up all these different musical instruments and all this sort of stuff as I was growing up as well. And I would stop my mom and my grandmother. They'd always laugh at me for it because it's like, oh, what is he on now? Because okay? I'm like, oh, it'd be so cool to do that. And I was like, ah, I just didn't want to work towards it. You know, it'd be so cool mm-hmm. to do this, so cool to do that, so cool to do this. And I was like, the whole time, so all my life, I've just been wanting to do everything, but I couldn't do anything, you know? Yeah. Um, almost like jack of no trades, master of none. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> is that, completely... Was that
1: was that a skill thing or was that a desire thing? Is, uh, uh, as in like, what was I trying to get out of it all? Or... or just you say you wanted to do it, but couldn't. Could you not do it because you didn't think you were good enough or you couldn't do it because when you started doing it, you just didn't enjoy it enough. Didn't
0: enjoy it enough. I didn't enjoy it enough to put the work in. And I didn't also understand that like Rome wasn't built in a day. And I think yeah. so many people like forget that sometimes I did like growing up, like I didn't, like I wasn't, you know, um, I wasn't too impressed when I realized that it's going to take me four years to figure out how to play the bagpipes or something along the, you know, like something ridiculous yeah. like that. bit know? of delayed
1: gratification.
0: Exactly right. Like I needed instant gratification. I needed that or else I was yeah. not going to do anything. So it's like computer games, instant gratification. I play for 10 minutes and I win the game. Sweet. I'm going to do that again. And again. Oh, I just lost one time. That's right. I won two times ago. I'll do it again. You know, it's like, that's how I fell into that sort of trap. And I say trap, but at the same time, like, I swear, I learned so much from computer games because I, I was, I was a massive nerd. There was a point in like high school where I was doing the, you know, world of Warcraft.
1: Yeah. I've heard of it. Never played it.
0: But you know what it is, like an online MMO sort of thing. Like, it's just all these real people, all these characters. I played the Star Wars version, Star Wars The Old Republic. I ran one of the biggest guilds in Oceania, had 250 members in my guild, and they all thought I was, like, 25 going to university. They didn't know I was a 14, 15-year-old kid, <laughs> you know, just, like, wow. with a deep voice. <laughs> You're you know, full-on
1: gamer mode.
0: Dude, like, have you seen the South Park episode with the guy when they start playing... Uh, World of World walk Warcraft, and they're all sitting there like on the thing. Yeah, I, the next, I can't like, say event. I have. <laughs> I'll have to. I'll have to shoot. There's like so many memes about. I will have to shoot you one over. But um, I oh, lost my train of thought. Oh yeah, that instant gratification that I got from computer games is kind of what I think st- would steer me away from from sports. Um, until I got into football, and like I said, like I I was at school one day, and my friend Trey Moana comes up to me, and he goes, "Hey, hey, bro, you want to come?" come down and play, play rugby. And I was like, Oh yeah. So I go out and play rugby with them, like at snack and stuff like that. And he's like, Oh, you should come down and play gridiron. I was like, where at? He's like in Footscray. I was like, Oh, it's kind of fun. He goes, Oh, don't worry about it, bro. We'll get you there. And I was like, what do you mean you get me there? He's like, Oh no, my mom will pick you up. I was like, what? He's like, yeah, we need, we need more guys. I was like, like, I'll come down like sort of thing, you know? Well, at initially I was like, ah, maybe. And then I told my mom about it and then she Mm. signed me up unbeknownst to me and i was like yo whoa 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 what are we doing mom like i don't want to (laughs) go you know she just wanted me to get up, get off my ass you know stop playing the computer and you know went down there and like i said initially hated it but then started to fall in love with it and this this game and and mate, i'll tell you what trey's the reason i'm here because i would not have met any of those people i would not have met caleb my mate my mate caleb who i went to america with literally messaged me just before Hey mate, hope you hope you're doing well. I'm excited to see, you know. We were just chatting about me got me being in a football camp right now. Like was, you know, the, these I would never have met him if it wasn't for Trey. Would never have done any of this stuff if it wasn't for Trey just coming up to me coming up to me one day because they didn't have enough guys. I just think that's so crazy sometimes, like how little, how these small little things in life, this one conversation with somebody can completely change the 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 overall trajectory of of where you are going.
1: I think the other way of looking at it though as well is you've got yourself to think because if you didn't end up going like go through with that, then you never would have met these people as well. So yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks Trey. But also thanks to yourself for having the balls to say, yeah, I guess Mum's right. I guess Trey's right. Let's just give this a go and see what happens. Like you went into it with an open mind
0: and having a crack.
1: Yep. Just having a crack at it. It definitely is a good point. Um, I think it's super interesting. The fact that, your passion for something like NFL or like American football only came when you weren't actually looking for a passion. Like you'd gone through all the sports and you'd gone through all the sports, hoping that you'd enjoy those sports. And then it seems like the moment when you were content with just being a nerd, this is Mm -hmm. when sport came into your life and you found that passion. I find that really interesting because you weren't actually actively searching for it.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. It is. It is something kind of crazy that I do think back on. And like I remember that was like one of the hardest conversations I had to have was to my online friends and be like, hey guys, like I'm selling my computer because I'm I'm moving to America. I was like, I I'm not gonna be able to have a PC when I'm over there. Like I'm I'm gonna be living in a house with a bunch of these other guys, going to school over there. Like I'm not gonna have the time. They were like, this is such a great opportunity. And mind you, like these guys, like like I said, they were men, you know, they were like I was a kid and I was learning so much from them all, you know, like mm-hmm. Okaroka, him and his son were in the group and his son, Avalan, I don't even know their real names. Like I just go off their like gamer <laughs> names, you know I mean? They don't, I, they know my name now, but um, I haven't spoken to them forever. But like, um, you know, like I, I was like learning so much from these people because a lot of the things that uh, happened in real life in the sense of people starting to trying to undermine you to, you know, have people form against you and all that sort of stuff. That shit was hap- happens in the game, in like this game, because this is like a real life thing, you know, like mm. within within the game and all that sort of stuff, like learning how to delegate and learning how to be a leader. I got so much of my leadership skills from playing that game because I was a leader. of. There was 250 people that listened to me, men and women, you know, like they were playing these games. They had no idea who I was and they didn't care, you know? So like, that's where I was like, wait a second. That's why I never questioned myself in a leadership role because I was like, well, I was able to tell these people what to do and get stuff done. So I was like, why can't I do it right now?
1: I I think think people discredit video games way too much. There's even games like Minecraft, games like FIFA playing Ultimate Team, like all of those Ultimate Teams. There's so much you can learn about. Like with Ultimate Team, you got finance, you learn how to trade things. With Minecraft, you've learned survival. Like all of this stuff teaches you way more than people think.
0: Absolutely. And like you said, it's not given
1: enough credit. Hey, everyone. Sorry to interrupt. I promise this will just take a couple seconds. I just wanted to say this podcast was made to benefit as many young people as possible. It would mean the world to me if you could leave a rating and a review to share the word among others, just like yourself. Also, don't forget to follow Uncle Nathan on Instagram at Uncle Nathan Co. And DM us if you have any questions or simply just want to have a chat. Now, back to the episode let's jump so where do i want to start with this one so there was a pretty impactful moment in your life that we haven't touched on yet but we spoke about last time um your friend who i'll let you tell the story it's a pretty tragic one but i really want to know how you deal with loss and like failure i want to know how you deal with that so first let's jump into that story and then second i want you to talk to me about the process of when you had to leave America the first time because you didn't have enough money.
0: Okay. So after I started playing football for the juniors, I then went on to play for the senior team. And by then I was in love with the sport and I was completely committed and devoted to it. I now owned my own shoulder pads. I owned my own helmet. And obviously all my, all my gear. I played in the senior men's team. I put on all the weight that I was supposed to put on. I started working out and going to the gym, working out with Caleb, who was teaching me how to work out. Um, I was putting myself around the correct people that I, I knew that although they weren't going to be going to the same place as me, they could help me get there. And they wanted to help me get there. That's the other thing. Because sometimes you can put yourself around people that are that, that want to get to the same place as you that doesn't mean they're going to help you get there because they might get jealous. Yeah. And they might hold you back, you know, and they might be the yeah, person comes, who's going to open the door. When it comes door. to
1: it, they might step on top of you.
0: Exactly right. And, and I'd rather, I'd rather help push someone up so they can get over a fence, you know, and then for them to reach down and give me a hand. I love that. You know what I'm saying? Like, and i got some mates who it's like, like, I think about Caleb all the time. Like that's my motivation. Like when, when, when shit starts to get hard for me here, sometimes like Caleb's a big, big motivator for me because this was his dream before it was mine. His dream was to play college football
1: mm.
0: and he didn't get that opportunity, but I did. Well, how does, how does Caleb feel about that? Caleb's the one that got me into football. So Caleb gets to have two decisions. He, he, gets, to, he gets to go one of two ways here. He gets to be jealous or he gets to be proud because if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be here. And I know that and I let him know that. Mm. you know so like how so how's he going to then go on with his life with everything else he's going to do because he can't change the fact he didn't play college football he started university already he can't come back his eligibility is done he'll never play college football like that's just what it is that's just how 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 it works yeah i mean there's a there's a a life clock on it and like once it once you get to a certain time after you're starting university you can't do it anymore and i think that's a super interesting thing that a lot of people don't think about sometimes so when people say, it's like beating a dead horse sometimes when you tell people to surround yourself with the right people. you got to be real specific on who you surround yourself with. What is it? Like the the, the five people you spend the most time with is, is exactly who you're going to be like. Yeah, exactly. You better know those people. You better know everything about them. Deep interpersonal relationships. That's how you build trust. Let's yeah. say you trust somebody enough to know enough about them so that you can figure out whether what they want from you because everybody wants something from you whether or not your best mate or the bloke next door. Like, and I was, I was having this conversation with one of my friends uh, recently. We we're in New York together and he was talking about his ex-girlfriend and, and and we were just kind of chatting about that. And I was like, bro, just remember that no matter what, everybody wants something from you. I said, I want something from you. I want your friendship. I want to be able to have a have a shit day and then come give you a call and be like, hey, bro, let's, let's go hang out. Let's jump on a game. Let's do something, you know what I mean? Like I'm trying to get my mind off something, you know? let's do that. I said, but sometimes you're going to meet people and they're not going to give a shit about how your day was. They just want you because of something you can give them because you know someone that might be able to help them with what they're doing. They might need you to make a, uh, a connection or, or something along those lines. Which is fine. You just got to recognize that. Exactly right. Because you can't be friends with everyone. Yeah. Too many people in the world. You're not going to be best mates with every person. You're not going to have a deep interpersonal relationship with every single person. So I say, make you, you know your circle small. You know, circle of influence. There's a, a really cool thing that I did with one of my one of my mentors, and he basically is like, he's like, I'm going to give you 30 names, and three circles. Is you can put two in here. I think it was like two in here, twelve in there, or two what was it? it was two, eight, and twenty. Yeah, that's 30, right? Quick math. (laughs) See, that's why I had to ask Tomo for help in high school. But, you know, you put your name in the middle and then you put two names in there in a small circle, a bigger circle. And, you know, you put the rest of the names in there in a circle around that. And then those are the people that you, that's your your inner circle as such. You know what I mean? Two names. Mm -hmm. That's hard. They're the people that you trust. No matter what, that's who you tell. You got a secret you can't really technically tell anyone, or you're not supposed to, or you don't really want to let anyone know. They're the people you can trust, you know, no matter what, they're not going to say anything. Like in that, for me, is my mom, my nan, you know, my mom and my grandmother. They're my two, my two people. Who's, who's mom going to tell? She's going to tell Nan. Well, guess what? Nan already knows. You know, like that's, 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 that's little, what makes that's it, it a group. circle,
1: though. That's what makes it exactly. a circle. The like three of you just like,
0: go around and around. Exactly right. Because, because if you just tell one person something, and this is why there's three people in that circle. Cause you all got to be together on it. If you just tell one person something cool, now they got it. If I take my backpack off and I give it to you, now your shoulders hurt.
1: Yeah, you know what I'm saying?
0: Sure. What do you do with it? You just drop it. Well, if you just drop it, anyone can take it, give it to someone. All right. Well, how about this? I'll hold it for five minutes. You hold it for five minutes. You hold it for five minutes. And then by then I'll be good to go. You give it back to me. I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. You know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah. I love that. You know,
0: like, um, then the circle outside of that, you know what I mean? Still, you trust these people. And these, these are your people. They ain't your straight confidants, though. Like, you know, you ain't telling them about the the, the deepest, darkest secrets that you got to get rid of. But mm. you still trust these people. You know what I mean? And by the time you get to the, the that sort of last 20 people, these are just the people that you're with on your everyday basis. Yep. You know? These people, you don't have to trust them or what? Because you're not telling them anything. Yeah, exactly. Anyone outside of that circle? you respect, you know, you're nice too. You might have their phone number, they're an acquaintance, you might hit them up so every so often and go get lunch, you know, that sort of stuff. But what they do doesn't affect you in any way, shape or form. Yeah. And and as soon as you can kind of do that and, and really kind of take a grip on, on that circle and write it down and look at it and be like, yo, these people are really here for me. Then you start to realize the real world, you know, what's really going on around you, who the people really are around you, who you're going to be like, You know how people see you.
1: I love that. Let's, let's summarize that so in a key takeaway because I feel like yeah. the key meaning of that might've got lost in the words. So literally everyone listening, I want them to do this because I'm going to do this because I haven't done it yet. And I think it's super yeah. powerful. Get a piece of paper, three circles, two names on the inner circle, eight names on the circle after that.
0: Write your name on the inner circle first and then write two names in there. So you'll have three in total, including yourself.
1: Sick. And then eight on the circle around that and 20 on the circle around that? Correct. And that shows you your closeness of friends or acquaintances. So you've got the three in the middle, or you plus two, your closest friends around that, your next closest friends, and then around that sort of the mate you hang out with.
0: Yep. And now this also includes your family. This includes any person that you come in contact with. You know, mm. so if your best, if your closest confidant is your sister, you put your sister in that circle in that initial circle, you know, like, like nothing dogging against my, my, my sisters, I love them, but I don't talk to them about every single thing that I do. They ain't in my first two circles. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like when I have a crap day, I don't call, I don't call Tia up and be like, Hey Tia, how you doing? And that's just not what I do personally, but I do mm. call my friend Anthony up. He's one of my mentors. He's in my close circle. I do call Aris up. He's in my close circle. I do call Zach. I do call Reese. You know, like I do call these guys when I need something, when I need some advice on something, you know what I mean? Because I know I can get this of those guys. Yeah. But the, at the same time, these guys know that they could do the same for me. The difference is they're older than me. They got a little bit more experience in life and stuff like that. So I'm not getting so many calls, you know, the other way back. You know, because they don't need that. But I understand that they don't need that. It's not it's a jealousy thing. I'm not worried about that. You know what I mean? And guess what? You might be you might put someone down in your second circle and they might not have you anywhere
1: until the outside. Mm. So
0: what? Just understand that. Just know that.
1: Yeah, it doesn't always you have to tell. be equal because it's the same with you and I. Like I if I had a question about maybe living in the U S or if I had a question about podcasting or a question about media or a question about music or a question about acting, like all of those things you have experience in, I don't, I would go to you to ask that question, but I'm never expecting you to come to me with a similar question.
0: Yeah, no, I know exactly. And that's exactly right. You know, on those sorts of, on those sorts of things, but you know, come, you know, I've had to say if I, uh, if I was just coming out of high school though, (laughs) <laughs> this is the perfect podcast to come to it. You know what I'm saying? Like people are going to come ask you questions for these sorts of things, but you're not going to go ask a kid in year 12. Hey, what do you do next year? Yeah. You know, course. like <laughs> yeah, the, it, that's a perfect example of it sort of thing, but mm. keeping the main thing, the main thing is just understanding that those people are who you're going to be like, because you take this and then you can also go ahead and take some of these names of people and work out what you like the most about them characteristically. Like, what sort of characteristics yep. do they have? Is that even a word, characteristically? Or did I just make that up?
1: Sure, it's a word now. Hey,
0: hey, we're taking it now, Bailey's Dictionary. <laughs> but you take the characteristics of what you like about these people inside those circles, and then you can see in yourself. Well, this person is actually quite selfish. Get them out of your circle. Mm. You, you want to latch onto people too much. You know, like, mm-hmm. this person ain't helping you, they're hurting you. Like, figure that one out. And it's tough. It's super tough, especially when it's somebody really close to you. But just someone ain't in my circle. I just said that my sister is not in my close circle. My sister, my blood sister. You know what I mean? I still love the girl, and I'll do anything. I would kill someone for her. I would take a bullet for her. Like, this is my sister, both of my sisters. You know what I mean? But that just ain't ain't what that is. Because I'm not asking her opinion on... I'm not asking her opinion on how, on what's my next step for football. She don't even know what, she don't even understand
1: the rules of the game. You know, your, your inner circles don't have to necessarily be every single person that matters to you. It's just the people that you're, you're leaning on and the people that may lean on you to, I guess, move forward with your life. Like that's the whole point of this, right?
0: If this is, this is a, a, I don't know off the top of my head who wrote this quote, but, if you can't stand with me, don't lean on me. Hmm. I like that. These people in this circle, if they can't stand, if they will not stand with you and what you stand for, don't lean on me when you need something. You know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah. So I've got a question that's bridging onto this. When you had to leave America the first time, you said that felt like a failure to you, even though like technically it's not. You didn't fail. You weren't quitting. You weren't giving up. It was just a trying to find a way to get back over there. But how did you go about the process of getting over that to then go back and smash it again? Like, is that where you brought these circles in and leaned on your friends for support until you had Absolutely. the ability to stand next to them?
0: Absolutely. I came to a point where I like came back and I was feeling really crappy. And I like, I remember when, when I got told that I wasn't going to be going over, you know, like I wasn't, I wasn't going to be eligible to do this i was like what am i gonna do i was with my sister i was with tia we went to go get some food uh sorry we we i think i'd i'd taken her to a doctor's appointment or something and we were coming back from it and i got this email that basically told me that you're ineligible you're not going to be going back to unless you do these things and i was like this is i've i've failed you know what i mean like i have i've not i've not taken the right steps previously like um and it was about great it was all it was all academics it was academics back in year nine Hadn't done the right. I hadn't gotten good enough grades in year nine. That affected me five years down the track for going to university in America. I didn't have the right credits. Wow. So I'm like, mate, I've just, I've just put all this work in, years and years of work, changing my body, going through all this crap, to just, you know, for it all to be, be over with. And then I thought about. It, I was like, wait a second, what am I worried about? I've got a good life. I I got a beautiful family that loves me, you know. Like I've a really close knit family. I was with my sister at the time. And I was looking. At her, I was like, you know, you want to want to get some Japanese. I love this. There was a Japanese spot near my house in Point Cook. I'm going to get some Japanese food. She's like, meh. I don't think she was a big fan of Japanese, but she knew that I needed it, <laughs> you know. And and we went and got it. We, we we bloody smashed the food, you know. I was loving it. But I realized, you know, I was like, man, like over like I remember it was that meal specifically. I was like, what am I going to do, sort of thing. I'm like, what the heck? I kind of had like you know flashbacks to like how did I get how did I get here in the first place? Mm. Well, I didn't do any of it by myself, so I ain't gonna be doing this by myself. So I call up uh, my mate Aris and I explain to him like what's going on. Bro, straight away he goes, "All right, that's cool." I'm thinking like, "No, mate, like I don't even understand. Like I can't do this. Like I'm done." Because he's like Bailey, shut up. I was like, "Oh, you just told me that you have to go to university in America in Australia." For a year so that you can transfer over to the states, I was like, Yeah, he's like, Well, guess what, mate? Victoria University is 15 minutes away from the gym that I work at, so you can go to university in the morning and then you can come to the gym in the afternoon and we'll work out when you get here. And then, when you finish working out, we're going to go get Thai food every single day, and then we're going to go to you know a supplement store to make sure you got the right protein. And then, I'm going to make sure you get all your treatment done because I'm you know trained to be a myotherapist and I'm going to be able to help you out with all this sort of stuff, and then you're going to go and kick. And then you're going to go back home and you're going to stop at the 7-Eleven on the way home and you're going to buy two bags of ice. You're going to put it in the cold, you know, in the, in the bath and you're going to have an ice bath. And Then you're going to get up the next day and you're going to do it all over again. And you're going to do it for a year and you're going to go play Division One football. Yes, sir. <laughs> you know? So, like, I was like, wait a second. Like, here's me thinking I'm about to quit. And this guy's already got a full plan ready for me.
1: Mm. So all I had well, to do was I think rock think that's up. funny, though. You had a plan. You knew you had to go to oh, university man. for a year and you'd get back there.
0: Yeah. But at the same time, it was like, there was also like, I hadn't, I didn't have a scholarship at the time either. So it was like, okay, I could go to school for a year. That doesn't mean I'm going to get a scholarship. So like I have to go to school for a year, but that means I've only got this one year to find a school. So now like the pressure's on almost and there's a time crunch in place. So it was like, ah, and it ain't easy. Like what I've done getting over here on the States, you think about the numbers, it's something like one, it's like one point something million kids a year in America graduate high school playing High school football. Wow, there is only twenty thousand spots a year for those one point something million kids, and I got one of them, and I didn't even, and I wasn't even here for two years after high school. Wow, so try that on for size. You know what I mean? Like, so it's the best of the best, you know. And then for the NFL, it's even less. Out of those twenty thousand, not even all of them will finish college because a lot of them will drop out, a lot of them get kicked off, a lot of them just don't make it, a lot of them just aren't good enough by the time they get their degree. And then 350 guys or something get drafted each year. Well, that was, that was 1.1 million five years ago. 1.1 million turned into 350 kids in five years, every, every year, that same class. Cause they all grow together. You know, they all great. They all age together. So how do you get into that? Wow. That exact, you know, so there was that time crunch and that's why I thought I was a failure. Cause I was like, well, I don't have a scholarship in hand. And I'm like, I don't know if I'm good enough. I think I am good mm-hmm. enough. But that goes back to the start, mate. You you need one person to believe in you, and I've always believed in myself. So how am I going to fail? How did you get that
1: belief back then after you? Because it sounds like you didn't believe in yourself for a little bit. How did you get that belief back?
0: It was very short term. It was very short lived. And I got on the phone to Aris. And I got on the phone to Zach. And I got on the phone to to, to Anthony. And I spoke to these guys and explained the situation. And every one of them said the same thing. He's like, well, guess what? Now it's time to work. Shit, you think it's been easy for everyone else? You think everyone just got it? No, nobody just got it handed to them. The best ones got the hardest stories. You know what I mean? Like, why do you buy that? Why do you buy the book of the best players because they had everything easy because everything was handed to them? You know, like you think about like who's who's like who's an idol of yours in surfing?
1: That's so true. Um, Kelly Slater started surfing on a boogie board.
0: You think everything just went great for him? Everything's just been roses. He's never lost, has he? He's always just won, hasn't he? Everything he's ever done.
1: Yeah, Kelly Slater's story is incredible. He started he started surfing. His parents didn't have enough, have enough money to buy him a surfboard, so he started surfing and winning surf comps on a boogie board until he started getting paid enough to buy a surfboard. Goodness gracious!
0: You know, you know what I'm saying though. Like you see, you hear that, yeah. and it's like this is a top. This is a top guy. That's why they do so well because they have got these things that these these uh, these trials that they've been through. When guys have it easy, they ain't going far. Mm. I think about that all the time. And that's why, like, I got hurt in 2019, tore everything in my ankle. And it was like, man, at first I was so depressed. And I was like, down. i was like, why me and this and that da 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 And then you look at the best athletes ever. They've all had major injuries. They've all had major setbacks. They've all lost in you know mm. in the most important times. They all come back. It's a comeback story. Everybody loves a good comeback story, don't they? Yeah, how am I how am I supposed to sell a book in ten years if I've never had a, if I've never had to come back from anything? There we go. <laughs> yeah,
1: how how are you gonna make the Bailey Flint movie?
0: <laughs> exactly right. How am I gonna make a movie if there's never if, if if there's no bloody cool plot line? No one's gonna to want to watch it. So then he went and he won, and then he won again, and then he won again, and then he got the girl, and he drove off in the nice car, and he bought the <laughs> awesome house, and he had the great family, and da 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 da. Psych. You're such an actor.
1: <laughs> i hope so shit i've been doing it for five years now <laughs> yeah exactly um all right we're gonna jump to 10 under 10 dude yeah grass so first question what's your favorite state in the us i love california question two what do you miss most about australia
0: definitely my mum.
1: <laughs> cute yeah Question three: What's been your most memorable football win and why?
0: My most memorable football win, I I would have to obviously. So we won the MAC championship in twenty seventeen. That was great, but even more memorable than that, earlier that year, third or fourth game we played Tulsa. So they're from Tulsa, Oklahoma, and uh, they come up and. Midway through the game, I'm a backup holder at the time. So where we score the touchdown and then I come on and then the holder comes on the field with the kicker and the snapper in the line, makes a cadence call. You know, So the guy throws him the ball. He puts it on the ground and he just sits there and just puts it on the ground. And then the guy kicks it through the uprights. You get an extra point. I was the backup holder at the time. So I wasn't supposed to be in the game. Well, the guy who scored the touchdown, Cody Thompson, landed on the back of his head. And he was the holder. I was the second string holder. Well, Cody might have a concussion. So he's getting checked out. I wasn't worried about that. We just got a touchdown. I'm celebrating on the sideline with my teammates. woo Looking at the crowd. This is great. <laughs> Yay. I get ripped onto the field. I go, whoa, 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 whoa. What's going on? I don't know what's going on. This is my third football game ever. There's 25,000 people in the stands screaming. Like, my, my kickers on the middle of the field. Like, yo, what's going on? Like, Come on. Let's go. I'm thinking, What is going on? My head is just jumbling around. I'm like so scared. I'm trying to put my my chin strap on. And like we have we have like four different helmets. Um, because they're all different colors. So for this game, we've got this one helmet on. It's the one helmet that always gives me grief. And like I'm trying to put it on. And I get out there. And Jameson, the kicker, he's like, just fucking punches me in the chin, sort of thing, like like clips it in, you know, so it wasn't like dangling down. Um and I clip the other one in. That's it. you know, about to get the snap here, make the cadence bang, get the ball, put it down, slip straight out of my hands. Oof. Got to call fire, pick the ball up, try and run with it, get tackled. We don't score that point. It's all right, we're winning. Wow. We're still winning though. We go into halftime, we come out. And now their momentum starts to change. These guys start catching us. We're still scoring points, but so are they. Come to the end of the game. A couple seconds left in the game. It's tied up but we're within field goal range. Cody's good to go now. He goes back on the field to hold for Jameson, who's going to kick the field goal. There's a thing called icing. They have timeouts. They let him get ready to kick. He's mentally prepared. He's about to go kick. And just before he's about to go, bang, they call a timeout. So now you've got to wait. It's daunting because it's a whole another minute and a half. you got to wait. Mate, if you miss this kick, the game goes into overtime and you can lose. Or you make this kick and you win and you're a god. You're an absolute god mm. for 25,000 people. He's got to make the kick. It wasn't an easy kick though. It was like right hash 40 yards out. It's a pretty big kick. And um, they iced him two or three times. So it was like, man, like if you're, if you're, a, if you're mental, you know, if you're, if you're mentally weak, you're out here. Wow. Comes out, he makes the kick. If I didn't drop that field, uh, that hold at the start of the game or earlier in the game, we would have won the game because we would have been up by one point the whole time. They would never have met us And when they were trailing. Mm. It is my most memorable win because my, I learned that sometimes you got to fail so other people around you can succeed. Sometimes you got to cop some shit so other people can take the glory. And as well, it ain't always your time to shine. Mm. Like other people are going to shine as well. And you got to feel good for them, because you're going to get your turn as long as you put in the work. I've got my turn.
1: That's incredible, dude. That story was incredible. Question. Where are we up to four? Snow or sand?
0: Sand. Sand gets annoying sometimes if it's like, you know, if it's getting in the car and all that sort of stuff, but mate, this snow, it's all right for a second, but. When it starts to get a little warmer, it starts to slush and sit around. It's not, I'm no good. No boy. No.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Fair enough. Um, favorite book. Uh, Pancratian. It was a, I don't even know who wrote it. Uh, it was like the first book I ever read. And I just remember it because it was the first book I ever read. I didn't read it. I think I was in like late primary school or early high school. Interesting. I wasn't a big, wasn't a big reader. <laughs>
1: What's the biggest risk you've ever taken?
0: Probably coming over to America. I think like yeah. the first time, like for high school, because I had absolutely no idea what I was doing, what I was getting myself into. At least I knew when I was coming over for university, I was like, I'm getting a free degree out of this. I'm going mm. to go ahead and, and get an undergraduate degree minimum. Now I'm about to walk away with a master's degree. That's sick. Um, do you invest your money? I do. I do, I do crypto and I do um, sports cards and uh, some shoes as well. Sick. Yeah, it's good fun.
1: What would be your ideal club to get picked for the draft in May? Yeah,
0: look, there's a there's a saying like aim small, miss small. And some people get that kind of confused sometimes. That you you talk about like you're you're using the word miss, like you're going to miss your goal. I'm mm. saying like aim small, miss small, in the sense of uh, if you think you're going to be, you know. If you keep saying you're going to be top 3 well you might be you might become third you know so why didn't you just think you were going to be first so aim yeah. aim small miss small like if you're going to be if you're going to you know think about it like you know be very very specific um so i do like to be kind of specific but at the same time it's like yeah if i don't get it as like as long as i get somewhere it's going to be great i i but with that in mind i've struggled to think about exactly where would be the best place to to kind of go because so many different places have so many different like benefits into why they might be a better fit be it the lifestyle of the area be it the bloody colors of the team i don't know like i like i like the cowboys for their colors you know but i like the dolphins for their colors too so it's like and the dolphins are in miami who doesn't want to live in miami But then cool go play for america's best you know one of their their like historically one of their best teams like with the cowboys um or something along those lines um i've lived up north and i've been out west i've not experienced living down south so i would love to go somewhere down south be it a you know a a florida atlanta and alabama a you know a texas so i'm gonna say the cowboys
1: cool not that I know what that is, but sick, I'll take yeah. it. <laughs> uh, what's your favorite pastime?
0: My favorite pastime. Um. Oh, jeez, I don't know. You know what? I reckon watching a good movie, just just watch, sitting back watching a good movie, not one nice. that I have to watch for school or something like that. Like one that I'm just like, you know, I just feel like feel like watching something.
1: And you record music as well, hey.
0: Yeah. So that's another one that's, that's up there for me. Um, definitely. But almost like, that's a hot, that's like, that's a hobby right now for me, but that's slowly becoming more of a, like, I want to say almost like a career and such, because like, I do envision myself as an, as an artist. Um, mm. From the fact that I do theater, film acting, I do photography. I, I write and record, I'm a recording artist, um, write and record my own songs, uh, produce a little bit of my own songs, you know? So I'm, I'm doing a little bit of everything. Um, yeah. and that's like one big thing that I think, uh, I could kind of leave with, with your, uh, your audience as well is a lot of the time when I was telling people that, especially like in careers and stuff over here, they say, okay, well, what do you want to do, Bailey? Like, I want to play in the NFL. And they go, well, Bailey, that's like winning the lottery. I'm like, yep, and I got mm. a ticket in the lottery because I got a chance. And I'm like, do you do you have a ticket in the lottery? And I'm like, oh no, I'm like, I don't want to play in the NFL. They're not doing anything towards it. They're like, well, what's your backup plan? I was like, oh, <laughs> funny you should ask that. I want to be a movie star. It's my backup plan. <laughs> like, go, hey, you want to be a movie star? That's just as hard. If not harder. There's more people that want to be a movie star than want to be a football player. I'll go, yeah, but guess what? I got two tickets in the lottery. Mm. I go, well, what happens if that doesn't work out? So like, don't worry, I'll be a pop star. I'm singing music as well. <laughs> And they go, what? How's that supposed to? How's that plan? That's C. That's your plan C, is it? Well, guess what? You better come up with a plan D. I was like, why would I come up with a plan D? I got three tickets in the lottery. I got fr- fucking three more tickets than you got. What are you gonna do about it? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, if you want to keep, you, that, you know, it's all about it's all about perspective, isn't it? perspective on how you look at it plus when
1: you're when you're leaving school everyone always says you need a plan b for what you desire the most if it only if it's something that seems unachievable why does that plan b have to be something that's more achievable why can't it be something just as amazing as Mm -hmm. the initial plan like i don't understand why the backup should be go to uni and get like a basic degree that's that's not a plan b that's just a waste of money and a waste of time because you're not passionate about that if you're going to have a plan b make it something that you want to do
0: exactly right That's why like people people have looked at me crazy and they've gone, like, what do you, what do you like, what's your degree in? I've got an undergraduate degree in media communication and theater performance. Okay, I'm doing my master's right now. I'm doing my master's in liberal studies with a focus in film and theater performance. So what do you want to do with that? Oh, I want to be a movie star. They're like, Well, that's that's like kind of hard. I'm like, yeah, maybe for you. They're like, Well, what do you mean by that? I was like, Well, (laughs) I've been out of school for the last five years. I got a good plan in place on how I'm gonna do it. Like, i got an idea. Agents will want to sign me to go do, you know, these little, like to go audition for pilots and different things like that. I just can't do it right now because I'm on football. So what mm. happens in six months if I don't go to the NFL? Well, guess what? Plan B is coming in in place. And don't worry, is cooking. You know, I'm going to yeah. do them all at the same time.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's sick. Last question I'm going to leave you with. Who inspires you?
0: I definitely got to go with my mom. Seeing mm. somebody um, completely invest their entire life into four other individuals has been the most inspiring thing I could you know, have ever imagined. You know, you, you want to talk about, um, you know, seeing, I, and I've seen some amazing people be it through coaches and athletes and stuff that I've been around. And it's like, yeah, you could be inspired by those people and that's great. And they've done all the, what they've done, but they've had a lot of people helping them. Mate, don't know if you can count on your hand, how many people have helped my mom. Especially with raising us, you know, raising four kids. There's been a couple of people that have been there, very influential people in our life, be it my stepdad and my father, when he came back sort of into my life a bit and my grandparents, et cetera. But like she's, she's done a lot. She's given up a lot as well to Mm, sacrifice, put us to where we are. You know, she's sacrificed more than you can imagine. But when I say that you can imagine, I say that very generally because a lot of people's families or parents have sacrificed a lot for them. So sometimes you just got to, you just got to understand that you got to appreciate that same time you're having a rough time with the fam get into a bit of a fight just remember how much that person's given up to be to be there for you totally i love
1: that mm-hmm. that's a perfect place to finish it off dude bailey thank you so much for joining me i've loved our chat hey
0: thank you so much for having me brother
1: and that's a wrap cheers for tuning into the post school podcast i've been your host nathan moss if you want to read any of the show notes from today's episode, or simply check out the Uncle Nathan community, be sure to head over to UncleNathan.com or follow us on Instagram at Uncle Nathan Coat. Thanks for listening and catch you next time.